This episode of Verbal Tap brought to you by NogiBJJGear.com. Use the promotional code VerbalTap15 to get 15% off of your order. Do it! Welcome to Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting way easier from outside the cage, outside our own White House, really outside everywhere. It's just easier <laughs> when you're contemplating about it. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, one, weird to see your face, as usual. Yeah. Two, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, most people aren't used to us doing an episode in this format. Normally, they just figure I show up at the right second. To start coming in with my expert analysis when you say, hey, Raph, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Kevin? I'm I'm excellent. I'm sober. It's the afternoon, and our guest today uh, is amazing. So I'm pretty excited. Well, excellent. So we want to talk a little bit about this. First of all, we want to give some props to our friends over at Nogi BJJ Gear. Kev, what can they do if they want to, I don't know, save some money? They can put Verbal Tap 15 in, and they can dress like a champion. Look, we can't all fight like a member of the Yoga for BJJ team. We can't all fight like the Dan or her death squad, but we can dress like it at nogibjjgear.com. You can dress like the champs and Verbal Tap 15 get a little discount. Get you a little discount. Well, Kev, what can you tell me about your, our guest today? Because I'm very excited to talk with her about Yoga for BJJ, but you... I've been doing some stalking. What have you found in your stalking right now? Don't trust her if she pulls guard. It's a sweep. She's just doing it to set you up. I've watched three matches now and <laughs> does not go well. Do not trust that you have good starting position. Uses some flexibility and some strength in this to immediately. I don't, I just call it the Jubera sweep, <laughs> but the pretty mm. quick, just, uh, that wasn't the goal. Why am I on my back? <laughs> I started out on my feet. Well, it seems like a pretty opportune time to go ahead and bring her on. Kev, will you do the honor, sir? We have Black Belt Yoga for BJJ, Pacific Top Team Badass, Sarah Drott on the show. Sarah, how are you today? I'm great. How are you guys? We're good. We're not worthy for multiple reasons. One, not, no black belt between the two of us, even total. Nope. Two purple belts, nope. I think, just makes a drunk brown belt. Does not make a black belt. <laughs> and the yoga stuff makes me especially nervous because um, you really want to, like, my idea of torture is I think I could tolerate some waterboarding. But if someone really wanted me to do a headstand for eight minutes, I think I would tell you everywhere my grandparents hold their valuables. How did you get started in this crazy world of, was it BJJ or yoga first? It was BJJ first, actually. Actually, it started in uh, when I was young and tough in 2005 with MMA. Oh. So <laughs> yeah. Just like all the young and tough kids. I'm going to train lots and I'm going to train hard. Um, and it was so long ago that we were getting me ready in 2010 to do the first female ultimate fighter. So I was like, actually another girl from Kelowna went instead of me because I was uh, driving along the highway and <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but, and an old man hit me through two lanes of highway traffic. And it was like terrifying, right? 
And I remember I'm laughing because I remember someone's like, is his dog okay? And I'm like, I don't give a shit if his dog is okay. Like, look, look what's going on here. So, um, can I swear in this? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, okay, okay, okay. There's a high speed chase. There's a car accident. Somehow <laughs> yeah. an MMA so, career. If, the dog if you is still okay. If you get cursed <laughs> on this show from almost dying from an accident, I don't know what other qualifications we need for people to curse on here. I curse just to come on the show. <laughs> You curse on your way because of traffic. Um, oh, my God. So, <laughs> yeah. So I ended up having to get uh, two surgeries from that. One was one was a hip surgery. And because I compensate so much my other leg, there was a knee surgery. And I just couldn't uh, I couldn't do kickboxing. I couldn't do the me. I couldn't do the nogi. And I was like, okay. And I had, like, a decision to make, right? I had a decision to – because with that surgery, they – like I couldn't bring my my knee above above my hip, and they're like, okay, you may you we can do the surgery, and you may never be able to train again. Probably won't be able to compete ever again. And I'm like, well, I'm kind of I'm kind of f now, so I'm like, might as well do the surgery. Let's see what happens. And I got the surgery, and I had amazing physiotherapist, amazing personal trainer, and so I'm like, okay, all I can do is jujitsu. I'm gonna do jujitsu. And jiu-jitsu is always evolving. It's always changing. It's totally different than it was 10 years ago. So I'd won the Pan Am. I'm still against. Uh, the evolution really upsets me. My jiu-jitsu uh, back 10 years ago. It's, no it's the worst. It's the worst. It's, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why I hate it too. So I had, before the car, well, before the car accident, I was also doing gi jiu-jitsu and I won the Pan Ams, just my division at like purple belt, I think four times. And then I come out of this surgery and I'm doing really good rehab and I go to my first tournament. And this is like a little tournament in Penticton, super small. There's like two other purple belts. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna smash this. Like I'm a Pan Am champion. And I got choked out in 10 seconds. I was like, jujitsu's evolved. I'm like, what is this? Like it's evolved so much, my, my jiu-jitsu doesn't work. So I had a decision to either be like, you know what, I'm just going to be a club person. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go do my roles and go home. Or I could be like, ah, I need to see if I can do this because the odds are kind of against me. So I need to, I need to see if I can get back to that competition level at the high level. So and, if I'm, I'm recapping. You start by being this tenacious MMA fighter. <laughs> you fight a car. The guy was questionably intoxicated. You jump through two lanes of traffic. You toss the, the car out of the way. You come through with now a metal hip, and it's like it's time to persevere. You want to settle down and focus more on the uh, mean grappling arts because it had yeah. been like mixed. It had been a lot of MMA striking, I presume. And now you're yeah. like, oh, just going to choke people. Yeah, because I couldn't do the the kickboxing so rotation on the hip. So I was like, all right, let's. I guess I guess the universe is being like, you're gonna start wrestling now. Sucks too. Like it's one of the I'm as some as the resident surgically repaired member of the podcast. I'm on surgery five. I've avoided. Oh God, a host of things. A piece of my knees and my knuckle. That type of thing. (laughs) uh, Several (laughs) knee surgeries. But the hip scares me the most because just recovering from like being in a walking boot, right? It affects your gait. That that's hats off because that's a tough recovery. Oh, it's terrible. They like cut through all the lower abs to dislocate the hip to get in there and work. They're like, yeah, it'll be an hour of surgery. It's like seven hours later. My parents are like, is she dead in there? Is she dead? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. It was a great nap though. It was a great nap. 
Great. Um, you have a very Canadian like politeness to this approach. <laughs> yeah. Not nearly as mad about the surgery as I am. It's like, I a terrible know. nap. Cost me a ton of money. No, it so cost me better. so much money. Um, I know the yoga for BJJ team bothers me because I'm so polite. Someone, there's like a hack in into the Instagram. And they're like, what happened? Like Sarah probably asked for the password and that's how she hacked it. And I was like, that is actually how I hacked Instagram. Please can I have the password? That's how I hack. <laughs> it worked. Um, <laughs> so it gets it gets me some somewhere sometimes. So I was like, okay, I'm going what? to train my ass off and get back in the game. Cause I don't like feeling like a little bitch cause I'm not. So I got every edge that I could personal trainer strengthening, maxed out my physio. And then, but the mobility wasn't there. The mobility wasn't. And I think physically when you're injured too, it's the nervous system goes, ah, that's still injured. Even if it's not, you need to re reconnect. Sound like a hippie, but you do to the body parts. So I was like, okay, I don't have time to do yoga. And I Googled online of desperation, the yoga, like the yoga for BJJ and fashion of the 10 minutes and 10 days. And it was so funny. Cause I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna try this. I don't have time. Yoga's a little bit a little bit gay, but I'm gonna do it. And then I got in there for the 10 minutes and I'm like, this actually helped me a lot. This actually helped me a lot. <laughs> so I kept I make it part of my routine. And what it actually did was started connecting everything, but also got my movement back. And so things I'm doing, like the movement, and I'm constantly doing it for maintenance, but it was a game changer massive game changer in way more ways than I expected it to be. And I'm really excited because I got a, I was, I was doing better in tournaments. Then I had a match that I should have won, but I didn't. And then one of my, uh, he's on the team. He's uh, Dave Rothwell called me after I lost at worlds. And he's like, what was that? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, you should have won that. And I'm like, uh he's like i'll see you on the mats on monday just like hangs up and i'm like he's a little bit scary so he's been coaching me for three worlds he went to two world titles at brown at masters worlds made it to the finals at adults world so it was like did really well at my first term in london as a black belt so that was really cool but we have a fun a fun dynamic because if i'm wrestling like not wrestling really technical or according to our strategies like you're wrestling like an asshole he's like are you being an asshole and people never get that like why are you so mean to her and i'm like i kind of was being an asshole <laughs> <laughs> well some people respond to it well i i don't tend to pick on every person but uh because i'm comedically gifted i can bust most of the balls of the people i'm i'm rolling with and so the hard part for that is, is i like when white belts come over they're like why don't you make fun of me and i go you're a white belt like you already make fun of yourself rolling. What am I supposed to do? And then, you know, for the, some of the upper belt guys, if I know they fight, I'm like, listen, me making jokes about your half guard should be the least of your problems. So if you can get past that, I think you're going to be in for the good road. So, okay, let me back up here because you don't just start fighting. So I need to go back a little bit further and get an idea of why did you start fighting? Were you always in fights? Were you always athletic? What attracted you to MMA at the very beginning of your journey? I think it hasn't even changed that much. It's this weird addiction that I hate to challenge myself and see what I'm capable of. It's like, ah, oh, you know, like last night we had arrested me four black belts on the mats and it was just hard rounds. And I'm like almost vomiting, fighting for my life. And I'm like, why do I love this so much? 
but it's but then when you get the small victories and you do really well you're like man that's so that's so fun um and i think too in tournaments it's really it's such an experience going into tournaments and the strategy behind the jiu-jitsu having a very specific strategy and seeing that play out in tournaments especially at some of the best in the world it's really it's really cool but i think the biggest thing is finding out what I'm capable of or not capable of and having to do a big system upgrade in fitness and jujitsu strategy and the yoga and all that to make it to the next level, to do what I need to do. Well, it's like a having said that, addiction. It, we understand you're preaching to the choir here. It's <laughs> one that hurts you really bad and yet you go back to it. And like most people in most movies would be like, don't go back to jujitsu. They're only harming you. And it's like, you're you don't better know than like. them. You can do no, better. You don't know. They treat me great when you don't see me. Like you come in with a black eye the next day and it's like someone else with me. It was by accident, I promise. So Sarah, let me ask this though. When do you fall in love with jujitsu and how do you fall in love with it? Because I think this is a core component to overcoming a lot of setbacks or a lot of injuries. So where do you fall in love with the sport? That's such a good question. I think I love I love the strategy of it. I love the concepts of it's almost like you can do it as complicated as you want, but I love the advanced fundamentals, the simple, the simple stuff. And I like the challenge of how hard it is. Most of the time I don't even like jujitsu, but somehow I show up on the mats. I'm like, oh, I put all these years in, might as well go train tonight. And then after I'm like, man, that was really fun. But I think it's the, it keeps me fit. It keeps me strong, makes me, not a pussy. Um, and, and it is really important skill, I think for females to be able to choke someone with their own clothing. Like I worked uh, security for a couple of years at one of the busiest bars in downtown Cologne. And we broke up a lot of fights, but jujitsu saved my ass. So I think there's the, the mental part of it for me, but then it's also like, that should be a mandatory life skill, I think, because it carries over to every other area of life. As someone who worked in the fellow bouncing arts, I wouldn't call uh, myself security. This was like a Tuesday night in Northern <laughs> Virginia. It helps because normally people are intoxicated anyway when they choose to have a public fight. Yeah, um, that's when the little a little adult. It's like the adult version of when you can hold someone too short at bay. Yeah. That's what jujitsu lets you do. It's a cheat code. You just have to get knee surgery every three years. That's my experience. <laughs> well, I did have a knee surgery. I don't know if it was from the from the bar though. But the hard thing about breaking up the bar fights is you're like, there's not much of a counter for that. They're just because we're used to technical fighting. They're just swinging and spitting and hitting and trying to slice you with broken bottles and cups. And you're like, really? You're really? describing Roadhouse, the movie, basically. <laughs> you were, what kind of bar was this? I this is out in like angry Canada. But after that, yeah. forget yoga for BJJ. Can we just hear about your uh, whatever this bar was you worked at? <laughs> Can we just talk about these bar fights? <laughs> I guess that's Canadians when they get really drunk. The ones that are high are like, oh, sorry, I love you. You're the best. When they get really drunk, they're like, I'm not leaving. I'm fine. And it's like, I don't know if you are. Um, <laughs> yeah, there is. I did a couple like double leg takedowns to me on face. So the police got there and a few rear naked chokes. They accidentally went out. And then we handcuffed them and they came back before the police got there. So 
what can you do? All right. This is excellent. I'm sorry to those of you who uh, are just listening to this episode, our, our normal listeners, but since we have the video accompaniment on this one, is this accurate? Is it Angry Canada, Angry Canada. over on the, the far left, normal, and then Syrup Canada on the far right? I'm not really sure. You're going to have to walk me through it. Do I need a better representation of that? Is Syrup Canada Sweet Canada? I think, oh, uh, yeah. oh, I took it as High Canada, just mostly oh, based off of like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. Well, we'll work on that map as we go on. But uh, since it's the first time that we can do that, we can kind of premiere that. So the reason why I asked yeah. why you follow up with it is, is Kevin's been in a similar situation where he has been injured and his deep love of the sport is what has kept him coming back, even at times when it has been very difficult. So when you get that injured by a car, you mentioned a knee surgery as well. Is that what propels you to keep training? But then more importantly, one thing that I'm concerned with when you do rehab and you do take on something like a yoga for BJJ, you're basically watching videos. And I am always nervous about screwing it up myself. Like when you go to a class, you have an instructor there. But without that reinforcement, were you nervous that you may cause other harm to your joints or to anything that had been repaired? Did that ever cross your mind? Well, it's like, if it hurts, don't do it. I think people miss that sometimes though. They're like, oh, I'm going to stretch the shadows to 110% be so flexible. And it's like, no, no, no. You need to go to 63% today, tomorrow. It might be 64, but you need to stay. It's supposed to be a, a little bit challenging, but still feel good. Like don't, don't stretch to 120. So the stretching is really, well, it actually shows during COVID. So pretty much all the yoga studios had to go online. Jiu-Jitsu studios, not so much. That didn't work so, in my opinion. I think you have to do jiu-jitsu people. But the yoga, yeah, there's very, very low risk to it. Um, and the rehab programs have helped a lot of people. Like we always say, it's good to go to a physio or doctor if you can. But some people don't have access to that. And they always give like, if this hurts or if this aggravates it, don't do it. So just following those guidelines, like with the other side is how much it can help. So don't be an idiot. Just don't be an idiot. <laughs> I'm going to need more than that as a guideline. I've been trying to apply that for a long time and it's never been particularly <laughs> helpful for me, but <laughs> maybe I'll get it tattooed reverse in my... Um, so both Raf and I, Raf, you've done, I, I did yoga for BJJ for a while. I was a member of the online, really enjoyed it. You, we were joking, you joked earlier about the 10 minute and just start in the 10 minute, but it was incredibly helpful. You've obviously taken it a step further in terms of being able to practice and getting to the black belt level of it. Or I guess I don't, I don't even mean to make an assumption of where you're at yoga wise, but from my perspective. What makes you fall in love with it? Because I will tell you my struggle with yoga, and I think it's probably 85% of people struggle with yoga. I'm great at it for a month, right? We've got Sarah on the show. I'm going to be stoked to stretch after this. Then all of a sudden, it's been three days, and I haven't done it. How do you advise people to make it a daily practice? Or what do you advise from that perspective? I'd say there's kind of almost two answers to that. One is a parallel to jiu-jitsu. Like, I the long jet, part of the reason why I think people stick to jitsu is it also becomes part of their life. They go to jitsu every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's part of their routine. It's part of their life. And they do it for years and years and years. And then there's a crazy part of us that love it. Um, 
So that concept is falling into routine and integrating into the daily life. So that would be with the yoga. And we're actually putting together another program, which is 10 minutes of yoga every day for 30 days to help people integrate it just for 10, 10, 10 minutes for a month. Because it is very difficult to start a new habit. Because we are creatures of habit. It's incredibly hard to add one and keep it for a long time. So that 10 minutes allows that to happen. Then for me, what has helped me become really consistent is seeing how it's helped me on the mats. But in ways you wouldn't think so. Um, like warrior two is a pose where you're standing strong and then your front knee needs to be pointed out. That's part of the pose. Someone has me in their Delahiva guard. I have no problem breaking that hook by pointing the knee out. And I'm like, I just saved myself so much trouble. Same thing with the shoulder stabilization. So in down dog and working on the handstands, you have to learn how to get that strength and the shoulder stabilization. And that has been massive for me in balancing. Someone's trying to sweep, like I was an asshole in my wrestling and, and someone's underneath me doing all their fancy X guard stuff and I'm trying to balance or trying to defend the deep half to, to regard a move or whatever shoulders so that has been massive another one is like regarding defending the guard i have to post back on a shoulder look at this great you have video post back like <laughs> this um and i can do that really strong and holding the collar so seeing the benefits that i don't see right away after my yoga session i'm like oh, okay i feel good but then i get on the mats because covid allowed me to do a lot of um a lot of work that way and the other thing which is really big with the yoga like it's so massive is I want to say I'm the only one who has back problems. Everyone has back problems in jiu-jitsu, I learned. Everyone's lower back hurts. Like everybody. It's just like I'm nobody special. Because we're always living in forward flexion. Look look at all our shoulders right now. Forward fucking shoulders. The back is rounded. Like everyone's disgusting, including me, right? So with the yoke. Like, all of a sudden we shoot back. We're yeah. all like, nobody like, saw. What are you talking saw. about? Oh, my God. No. I've always, this whole show, I think you can go back and look at the tape. We've been postured like this perfectly. <laughs> the whole time, but we were really stressed out. Canada wouldn't like that. Um, so we're always, we're always in forward flexion, especially jiu-jitsu. In jiu-jitsu, we live, we live like this all the time, right? You're passing. You're, and what the yoga does is it balances that. So there's like, um, there's, we call it extension where the back is rounded. Which is flexion extension does the opposite of that. And I think people have a lot of healing to do with the back and it will take time because we're so used to be rounded forward. You need to counter that because what is this rounded forward after 10 years? That gets scary because <laughs> the bones will start to think this is normal. The fascia will think that's normal. It's like, this isn't normal, bro. Your new normal isn't normal or healthy. You need to get out of that and go to the actual normal. Um, and same thing with the shoulders, like, like all the time. We need to pull those back. So there's a lot of problems that will be created through the jitsu repetitive movement, but not only jujitsu, we're, we're sitting at our desk, rounded forward. So the yoga helps balance that. But the biggest thing, which is so hard, is it takes time. It takes time just like jujitsu. Jujitsu, we learn how to be fast and give, we see the results. Yoga is really big in teaching patience. It's like, I call them invisible victories, where you don't see the result right away. You're like, oh, okay, I did my one day. I did 60 minutes of yoga, I'm a champion. I see no results. That was a waste of time. Then you do give me your 30 minutes for 30 minutes is a good time slot, 20 or 30 minutes for um, for a month. And then going back on the jitsu mats, I was like, holy smokes, what have I been missing in my life? Like last night, <laughs> I was there's one of these, you know, those kids that should be a black belt, but they're too young and they're so damn good and they're the same size as you. And you're like, you 14 year old asshole, you're so good. We were like 
he's trying to um, do uh, this weird inverted thing. And I was literally in the weirdest position because my flexibility, I could do it. And I'm like, he was pinned upside down, inside out, one leg over, my legs over here. I'm like, you're not moving anywhere. I'm not anywhere. <laughs> That's what's up. This well, is- I just want to say this. Uh, number one, I didn't know we were doing yoga, but I can now that we're here. I do have this. I just saw that Sarah was able to like tilt down and she's like, oh, I could go ahead and start actually doing my stuff. And I was like, oh, well, I'm gonna bring up mine as well. And number two, I would say this. For me, uh, you know, I, I my whole game has had to center around my lower back being absolute shit. So when people would understand, I'd be like, I let them pass just because it would strain my body too much to keep them in guard. And I'd be like, plus they're not going to submit me anyway. So have at, you know, I'm going to get out of here quicker if I just let you pass. And that's a terrible strategy to teach people. So I tell people all the time, I was like, don't do anything I do. If you're young and you're able to do it, do that. I will tell you during the COVID situation, you know, Kevin had spoken so well about it. And Sebastian dates back with us years ago he was uh, doing some comedy bits for us i covered one of his major uh competitions he did for the brown belt baddest brown competition out here in california and he was going up against one of the guys who was staying at my house so i was almost <laughs> actively rooting against sebastian in that and then i interviewed him after and he was awesome i was just like dude i like you you're funny you got a good sense of humor and i knew he was kind of doing yoga but he, he hadn't really eclipse this to take off so we've been watching from afar for years but kevin's recommendation millions of other people's recommendations when COVID hit i finally got to concentrate on my lower back and i felt like i was making some headway like i felt like his lower back series was really really helpful to get me into like hmm you know what there there are small things i can do and i I did notice a difference when i actually got back to training the few times i was during COVID. I still have beef with him and I want to warn the watchers and listeners. One, he's on my blonde pretty guy radar. There can't be that many of us, yeah. right? You'll you'll find out I'm not talented. <laughs> Suddenly it's like, oh God. Uh second, I'm doing yoga and my my now fiance walks by and just like, who's that? And it's like, why? He's all <laughs> shirtless, just betting over, just like talking you through it with the accent. So to yeah, me, yeah. you know. Just still on my radar, but especially <laughs> I also saw you all just did a podcast. Yes. So you're on. You're now. It's a full on feud with us after after you hit episode <laughs> two. I saw the pilot go up. What, <laughs> what's life like on the? I'll just call it the cast because I sort of see you all as kind of always performing. What's life on the team? What's life on the cast? It was really fun. It was fun. Yeah, we just chatted about things and we kept it. We kept it really informal. And I think for us, it's a different way to connect with our with our people too, with our audience too, because there's a difference between someone behind a screen and you're following their videos um, and you don't really know them. And then it's like, actually, Sebastian is really funny in real life. He's exact same in real life as he is in the videos. And he's just as blunt, which makes working with him really easy. It's like, that's <laughs> terrible, Sarah. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> um, so it, it was really fun. And we just kind of, it's a, I don't know, it's a different experience just talking about everything. So you almost think, man, my story, like people actually want to listen to me, but then it's like, but then I actually find what other people have to say really, really interesting too, because people are interested about people's stories. So I'm, I'm excited. I am interviewing for my next one. 
the first female black belt, first female in Canada to get her black belt, Emily Kwok. So that'll be, oh. that'll be, that'll be good. I'm going to ask her all sites, sorts of jiu-jitsu questions. Hell yeah. She's amazing. And I feel like she is the gateway drug to so many of our jiu-jitsu journeys. Cause I yeah. just always think to myself, I remember being a white belt looking at her videos and yeah. seeing her have a very friendly demeanor and presence. And I said, I think I can do this. She's a smart person. She's explaining it. And <laughs> she's always running and rolling with these goons. And so if she can do it, I think we can too. I would tell you this though. So you mentioned about Sebastian's humor. Now, granted, humor is one of Kevin and I's strengths. If we were to make like a little bullet point chart, like if we were fighting, they wouldn't say like, has good guard. It'd be like, it's pretty funny normally on a Wednesday. What I would tell you though, is when you're holding a certain position and you hear Sebastian, and I had one of our, our fans warn me of this. They're like, just wait until he calls your lower back weak. And all of a sudden I get to a point he goes, and you can hold this if you can for as long as you can because it is weak and you are weak too. And I was just like, oh my God, he's calling me weak and I'm holding this position. I want to laugh, but fuck off, dude. It's really hard to hold this for me because I don't know what I'm doing. So we understand that. And I know we can say those jokes to him, but I'm curious with that nature, like what do you anticipate the response to be from your community? Because if there's one thing I think that you guys have done excellently well, is you have fostered a great community for yoga for BJJ. You see a lot of people really speak highly of it and people really love engaging with each other. So what are you looking for? With the podcast? Yep. I'm looking for, honestly, for people to listen to it, to enjoy it, to learn, to learn more about yoga, to learn more about uh, yoga for BJJ. On our last one, people learned about gym strength versus farm strength. And for it to be just an easy, informative listen. And for them to share that with people that they know. So it's a great product and it's great, genuine people behind it. Like Sebastian and Adam are so genuine. It's just, it's, it's awesome working for them because I think we live in a really fake world. A lot of people are really fake, especially behind brands. So when you get real people, you're like, oh, okay. That's, I like that. That's a real person. <laughs> So Kev, you say genuine, like our multi-platinum R&B performer, <laughs> instead of like the genuine, like, I like yours better. I like that better. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Kev, what kind of advice can we give as the, the longest running BJJ podcast? Mm -hmm. uh, what, what advice would you say? Same Please. advice I give to everyone starting a podcast. Stop doing it. We're trying to succeed over stop. here and there's so yep. many sponsors. No, I'm messing with you. <laughs> we we're run still, this racket here. We're Get out of here. Rogan. Rogan took all of the money for advertising this year from MMA. It's just all of it. It's like, hey, he shit. All of it. He took all of it. He took all the platforms, took all the guests, like Forget whatever, Rogan. You know what, here. Rogan? You're going to be on Rogan soon. I can just see it in your eyes. Oh. He's going to be like, give me that Canadian yoga lady. And you're going to forget all about us. The <laughs> Canadian yoga lady. But to me, uh, I so I did get to watch a little bit. What I liked was just sort of the the personal nature. You all seem to like each other. So my my advice, I mean, you're, you're kind of already doing it, but it started with those AMAs you all are doing. And people, it feels weird to say this, but I feel like I know Sebastian. I don't. Right. We've never met. We've never had that type, but I've listened to him and we've worked out together. So I, I guess for you, it's just probably it's going to be kind of managing that people are going to really feel like they know you. So it's cool to 
get yourself out and put some more things in in the air and people can find it yoga for bjj on the youtubes or any of the googles but i'm staring at untapped yoga for bjj podcast number one the pilot (laughs) right here on youtube and for you how much content this is my i will we got to let her go i know we we're like uh we're keeping her way past time how much content do you all try and produce from like a teaching new classes perspective because i think you do a good job getting other stuff out there but What's kind of like the group's mission each week? It's like, I must do 10 videos, five, none. I'm just curious. So we are, the the videos are the fun stuff. The videos, the AMAs are the fun stuff. Like obviously there's the other stuff that we all got to work on in the business, the boring stuff. But we have three new videos on the website every week. So Adam does Monday, Sebastian does Wednesday, and I do Saturday. And it's about, uh, Adam and I usually do 30 minutes for our yoga video and Sebastian usually does 40 to 60 because he's the boss and he's good at it. And it's really cool because we run it live and we did a hamstrings, three hamstrings videos. Now this week I'm like, oh, we gotta do hamstrings again. Like my hamstrings are disgusting. If mine are probably everyone else's. So now we have like six hamstring videos. So we're putting new content on the site all the time from different instructors because we all have different styles and different body types, different body bias. And like I said, the next big project, we have a couple of really amazing big projects coming up, but the next big one is the 10 for 30, the 10 minutes of yoga every day for 30 days. So mine will be the morning program to get people to wake up and get moving, feeling good. And Adam will do one, which will be the evening one, because he's a lot more he's a lot more chill than me. I'm just, <laughs> I always make a joke. I'm always energetic, spaz-case, and Adam's just like so chill. So he has like the evening 10 minutes and I released the morning one out to our, our instructors and nobody's died yet. So I released it two days ago. So nobody's died yet. So I think it's a good start. Yeah. I mean, give it three days to five, but yeah, yeah. I know I'm, I'm scared for day 11, (laughs) but, (laughs) but that when that pilot, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you. I just have a shitty joke, but I'm going to lodge it anyway. Uh, do you guys celebrate the Halloween over in Canada? Canada, yeah, we do. You do so? I don't know. Because, you know, again, our southern friends, my Hispanic heritage, those folks have a different day. But I would oh. tell you this. If you are celebrating Halloween, by my calculations, it falls on a Saturday. I would say for that <laughs> Halloween, you should go with Sebastian and conduct your Saturday class as Sebastian and see what that does for you. Because again, Kevin's trying to figure out how do you create new content? That's the good content. If you get the Saturday slot, that's what I would do if I was you. But what would I know? Would I get promoted or would I get fired? Uh, dangerously? <laughs> Who can did predict? Just, did you just say both? <laughs> yeah, you can get promoted and fired. He might be like, I love your gooster. You're promoted. Also, clean your desk. You're also fired. I'm like, my desk is at my house. He's like, clean it. <laughs> Pack up your mat. You're out of here. You're gone. <laughs> that's By the way, way. <laughs> telling someone they're fired and they have to get their yoga mat and be like, well, I have to wipe it down first. So hold on. Let me just. <laughs> with my tears. Off. I got to wipe it with my tears. <laughs> I'll keep. We've got several. You guys, uh, we let's keep pitching ideas. Do not be afraid to do a next yoga for BJJ apprentice style or ultimate fighter style. It's like. Two yoga instructors go in. 
one will leave. I don't even know how you do that, but a nice <laughs> yoga off. Um, Who can create a better sequence off the top of their head? Yes. Now we're talking. It's like, oh, no. Be a five minute shoulder exercise. Go. We've got two yoga practitioners and two instructors, but only one headset mic. Who will prevail? <laughs> it just ends up being a fight to the death because we're all so competitive. <laughs> 24 hours of downward dog. That would turn into a jujitsu match in a heartbeat. A yoga for BJJ. Yep. Now, now, Sarah, I hear this about you. you. You just said it, but I think it encapsulates so much of your story and your background. You mentioned there is a competitive element to you. You also seem to signal that you guys are competitive with one another. Is that the case with yoga for BJJ? Um, I think Sebastian is like, he's just chill. He's just doing his thing. Then Adam and I are both like, we're like, it's, we have a really cool dynamic because we help each other and we work with each other and all that. But then it's like, I, I got to make my sequence better than his. And I bet you he's thinking the same thing. And I'm like, do you have access to the anatomy course? I need it. So it's like, I need to learn more than you. And he's like, yeah, I'll get it to you. And I'm like, I need it now. He's like, do you have access to sequencing course? I'm like, I'll get it to you. And he's like, oh, I need it now. No, we have a, an amazing dynamic. You could tell we're both kind of competitive. So we drive each other to always be better. That's what I think. He'll probably say something totally different. Well, we're <laughs> scheduled to talk to him sooner than later. So I'm sure when we ask him the question, he'll probably have a similar but different answer in terms of, oh, no, we're just competitive. I, I want to beat her at all times. In fact, I had those uh, those anatomy things I could have sent to her, but I was like, oh, screw her. I'm not going to send that. I just can't probably do that. He's so sweet. He's the <laughs> nicest guy ever. I'm probably just a jerk. I don't think so because it takes two people to be competitive. I will tell you this. I used to think for a while when I was trying to submit Kevin when we would like train with each other, I was like, is it really just me or – is it just that we're both competitive? And I would always blame myself. And then one day I saw him gunning for something and he's like, I'm trying to murder you. And I go, oh, okay. Now it's fun because now I know he's trying to really legitimate murder me and I'm doing the same to him. And you don't feel as bad. So, no, anyway. not at all. That's called team building. Well, Sarah Dratt, you can find actually what I love, and I'm gonna give you all a shout out here. So if you're if feeling like I don't know if I'm ready to jump into yoga for bjj.com, which you can find it at, and it's very easy to sign up dot for net. Dot, dot net. Dot net. My bad. Was Sarah, that a test? I yeah, passed. That I was passed. absolutely a test. You crushed it. Yeah, it was so a test. Nothing, nothing gets by me. Nothing. <laughs> The library is fantastic. And if you're nervous about it, you're like, I don't, was it .net.com? Try it on YouTube. You can find a lot of their free warm-up <laughs> yep. and beginner videos. You're going to get hooked. You're going to start to feel those hips open up. Sarah, people can find you, just Sarah Drott, D-R-A-H-T, on all of the social medias, it would appear. Um, and you can watch her beat some people up. But we really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. You guys did a phenomenal job. That was a lot of fun. We made the world a little bit better today. Mm -hmm. Hey, that's the first time in 429 episodes, but we'll take it. Verbal tap fan, Sarah Drott. <laughs> better late than never. The number you have dialed has been changed.
The new number is. Please note the new number is. 